You guys, I have a treat for you today because I get to interview Lisa from Farmhouse on Boone. I know that a lot of our listeners are already familiar with Lisa, whether it's through her YouTube or her podcasting channel. But if you aren't, then this is going to be a wonderful introduction. And either way, I think you're going to learn some new things about Lisa that you've never heard before. So Lisa is She works from home, she homesteads, she homeschools her seven children, and she's got a lot going on. And so she's a mother that is on my top 10 list to learn from, to study, to watch as she goes through these seasons ahead of me and is navigating now her children spreading out, being in eighth grade and having a baby and all these little ones in between. And so if you are in a season of motherhood where you are wanting a woman to look to, or you're in a season of motherhood of just wondering how to keep everything going and how to juggle friendships and a marriage and children and all that, then I know that there is something for you in this episode. If you enjoyed it, feel free to share it. We love when you guys screenshot it and tag us in stories so we can share that. And if you are on YouTube, then give this video a thumbs up and don't forget to subscribe. But now that we're a family podcast. Lisa, I have just briefly introduced you to our audience, but I would love to hear from you in your own words. Who are you? What do you do? I'm sure that you are no stranger to a lot of our listeners. Um, but if someone had never met or heard of you before, what would you say? Okay, I am the I, I have a podcast, Simple Farmhouse Life, and a blog, Farmhouse on Boone, and I'm the mother of seven kids two girls, five boys. I've been married for 15 years and we homestead. I don't know why I say that. We don't grow all of our own food. That's why the quotes, we have a dairy cow and chickens and we enjoy doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I feel like you have like your whole sourdough concept. Like you were doing sourdough before it was cool in 2020, like, like decades oh, yeah. before. <laughs> <laughs> I know my husband, um, yesterday he was like, when did you start doing sourdough? Cause he was looking through one of our old memory books and he said, I saw one with you and Johanna when she was a baby. I'm like, yeah, Luke, I've been doing sourdough for 12 years. <laughs> yeah. All the rest of us have like signed on in the last like two years and probably dozens and dozens of, if not hundreds of our listeners have used your tutorials. So, uh, thank you for that advice. Um, <laughs> but what does this season of motherhood look like for you right now? You are homesteading, you homeschool, you work from home. Uh, that's a lot all going on. It is. And I really enjoy your podcast, you and Elisha talking about how you find balance. Cause you guys have a very similar situation to us in that you both do your businesses from home and you homeschool with that. There's a lot of plate spinning and it's really important to put boundaries in place. So right now with us, we are in a season where we have older kids and younger kids, which is so different than I ever expected. And I think whenever you have little kids, it's not something you really think about, but it's, it's very like spread out and not as controlled. I don't know if that really makes sense, but it's never like this little, like, okay, we're all going to go do this now. And now we're all going to go do this and let's get in the car seats and let's go here. It's just, a very different situation than, than I thought. And in some ways it's really a lot easier, but then in some ways it's a lot more challenging. <laughs> um, so the season of motherhood involves a lot going on, a lot of plate spinning. It's, it's, we have to reevaluate constantly. My husband and I talk about 
what our goals are and our priorities and what our schedule should look like. We, we like need to revisit it every month. I feel like, because there is just, we have an eighth grader and we have a one-year-old. And so there's just a lot of in between there. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to hear a little bit more about this because this is like my worst fear probably is like the spread. Like when you get to the spread, um, Mm -hmm. because like you said, you have these older kids, you have these little kids and it's like, do you guys do things all together? Do you kind of like have your husband take the older half and do stuff? You take the younger half or like, you know, vice versa. How do you kind of do that on a day in day out basis? Like say with homeschooling or with social activities. Okay. And just really quick, if anybody saw me doing this, I think I saw that I had flour on my nose. So I was trying to see if I did. <laughs> so I perfect. Was just photographing sourdough pizza right before I came out here. So, um, we divide and conquer a lot, which I never really saw us doing. And I sometimes think we shouldn't, but it just makes the most sense most of the time. So like last night, Luke took the oldest five to our church's Awana's program. I stayed home with the two babies. And then usually on Thursday nights, which we're doing something different today, but normally I have something that I take the oldest for two, And then he stays home with the three younger ones. Right now, a few kids are inside, a few are napping, a few of the boys are helping him split wood and and do that. So it's just, it is a lot of like dividing and conquering. And then this morning during our school time, that's something that we kind of do together. Now we, at the start of the school year, we made a new plan that I would go one-on-one with this one particular child and then the toddlers And then he would do the other three older kids, but we ended up like just after a few weeks of trying that out, deciding to just kind of homeschool together. We're all within the kitchen and the living room and just kind of going around with who needs help with what it it doesn't look so tidy. Like it does whenever maybe you have like four two zero. you have this very defined schedule. We do nap at this time. We do lunch at this time. That's how it used to be for me. And now it's just day by day, hour by hour, we're like figuring out what works best. And we try to come up with systems and routines as much as possible. And we do have them, but then we also have to be really flexible to, you know, today, the sixth grader had a really hard math lesson that maybe one parent is better suited to help with. And this other child, it just, it changes every day. So as much as we're trying to come up with exactly what each day should look like, there's still so much flexibility. Like yesterday, my father-in-law stopped by, or no, that wasn't, oh my gosh, it's a long day. That was this morning. (laughs) It literally felt like yesterday. As I was saying, I'm like, wait a minute, that was this morning. Um, So my father-in-law has randomly sometimes stops by with donuts at like 6.30 in the morning. And so um, that changes a little bit of like the morning routine, just a tiny bit, but I'm finding that we're getting better at at that adjusting and being productive, even though things don't look so like, this is exactly how the day goes. That's good. Yeah. I think something that, you know, my dad said all the time is Johnson's are flexible. Johnson's are flexible. And it's interesting (laughs) though. Now as an adult, you know, having been raised with 11 kids, that flexibility is like, you just need it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and a family and all the kids need to be flexible too. But I do think it's something that all me and all my adult siblings have now in our lives is we're just really quick to adapt. And yeah. so I think it can be like a great skill set too, to give your kids, um, as they're learning that with you. And it's just like, Oh, we got to like shift expectations 
and the attitudes mm-hmm. need to shift with it. And we just need to move on to the next thing. Well, yeah. And with so many plates spinning too, I'm sure as a kid, you probably experienced disappointment sometimes because maybe oh, your yeah. mom forgot that you had this certain thing going on, but she also had to be at this certain thing. We have that happen. And I have to fight being like feeling too bad about that because I, I know families who like your family had 10, 11 kids and their kids are so used to that disappointment of like, oh, whoops, we we had the schedule mix up and sorry, now we're going to be doing this. And I find that happening with my kids. But when I was a kid, we all went in different directions. We all had our own thing that we did every day. Like I never really was around my parents. And I think that I would have been like, well, that's what we're doing, you know, whereas I think my kids are going to be more hopefully able to be okay with disappointment that, okay, actually this is, this has come up. And now, you know, as a family, we're going to work together and we're going to have to do this other thing, even though we thought we were going to do this other thing. Yeah. That's life. I mean, how many times are we thrown a curveball and it's like, that was not what I was anticipating, you know? So the yeah. sooner we can get better at returning to joy, I think it's just, I think it could be excellent. It's okay. So that's interesting. So you were raised, how many siblings did you have? I have three sisters. So you have three sisters. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then did you know that you wanted seven kids or did that just kind of happen or? It's not something I thought about when I was a kid, for sure. I never had any, or, you know, as a teenager or young adult or whatever. Well, I had my first, I got pregnant when I was 22. So young adult, um, Mm -hmm. obviously, but it really happened after becoming a Christian. So I became a Christian when I was 21 and my husband and I, we dated before that and we dated after that. And we got wow. married pretty quick after that. And it quickly became something that we were just excited about, just homeschooling. When I was pregnant, we were going to homeschool. As soon as I was pregnant with my first, I wanted as many as the Lord blessed us with. And so it wasn't something that I I necessarily thought about at all when I was a teenager. My mom would probably tell you that I said I didn't want kids at all, which I probably did say. She's told me that. Um, I'm not like a, some people are really natural with kids. My sister is that way. Anybody's baby, you know, she knows exactly what to do. I'm good with my own kids, but that was a, that was definitely a, after becoming a Christian thing for sure. Okay. So then was your husband saved before? Did he get saved Mm -mm. after you uh, because of you, or did you have kind of, a conversion together or like, how did that look? Yeah, he was saved first. Okay. And, um, so we did break up for a little bit because I definitely was not. And then after that happened, I still just, I still wanted to have him. (laughs) And so I started going to church, you know, I was kind of not very receptive of it, but then at some point it, it broke through and I totally, it all made sense to me. And yeah, So that was, it was a pretty short time. It feels like a long time, but it was probably only like a six month, very momentous time of my life. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I never knew that. That is so cool. And so then it's also so awesome just how the Lord can like instantly change our heart towards what he desires and be like, Oh, I want open arms for these things. And I, I mean, I can relate to just like not being the baby person. I still like I'll get handed one of my nieces and nephews and I just mm-hmm. like tense up. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. what do I do with this child? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like if we have any extra kids, like if somebody needs me to take care or like watch for the day, one of their kids or my, my nieces or nephews, I'll do it. But I will feel like I need to watch, like really watch. Cause I'm like, 
I don't know, like, what if they aren't supposed to go down there, do this or that? Whereas my own kids, it feels very natural. I know what they're supposed to do, what they're allowed to eat, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm, I am not a natural with, I never was a babysitter as a kid. My sister did all of that. Like she helped with, I'm the oldest of four and she helped with the little girls, like way more than I did. Um, she just is much more natural. That's interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. maybe, maybe it's an oldest thing. You're just kind of like, oh, yeah, no, shit for yourself. Oldest, yeah. You? Yeah, you're exactly. Oldest, and yeah. I think people would think that, oh, you have like the mother's heart because you're the mom, but it was just kind of like, I don't know, take care of yourself. You got it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> so what's something that you and your husband do to stay close when you've got all this stuff going on and life's pulling you in a lot of different directions. Mm -hmm. We have to talk a lot and we're not, we both aren't natural talkers. Mm -hmm. I don't, which people would think I am because I have a podcast and everything, but I'm not one to share like every little thing. Like I think some women, it it comes really natural to them to be like, I'm feeling this way or I'm feeling that way. I'm not as in tune with my feelings and like sharing those with other people. I'll mostly just not say anything. And so communication is a challenge for us. And so the way that we are able to do that is by like this morning, we were talking about how we need to put in our routine, a daily walk. And we have older kids. So we could do that. Now we can, we could leave them all back and go on a walk. We're going on a date night tonight. We try to do a date night once a week so that we can just talk because if we're not together, like we're together all day, but it's very much like, okay, like who, you know, laundry, food, kids, uh, homestead stuff. Like it's very like interactions that require logistical type things, but for us just to sit and be like, so how's it going? What's, what are you thinking? Uh, what do we need to readjust or how are you feeling? We almost have to go just the two of us and be like, okay, here we are. Now we got to, we got to talk. Yeah. And I feel like, especially with older kids, uh, like you said, it can be cool because now your older kids can facilitate you guys getting away a little bit more. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that is, but that also becomes necessary when you have older kids, because you can't just have a conversation in the middle of them. Right. Right. The same way that like we can, I feel like Elisha and I are just now being like, okay, Leon's just like way too engaged in this conversation. We need uh-huh. to have this somewhere <laughs> yeah. else, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So then you start to feel a little bit like, okay, when do we get those times? You know, it's just us. Yeah. And they stay up later. The older kids, yeah. they're not tired at 7 8 o'clock. Whereas whenever we just had little kids, yeah, you can talk in front of them. You can say whatever. They're not really picking up on it. Also, they're, they go to bed early, but it is different when they're older. Yeah. And you just have all that stuff going on. That's good Mm -hmm. though. So, okay. So you have homesteading, business, homeschooling. I mean, all the, all the life in between those things. How do you, which one of those do you feel like takes the most of your energy on a daily basis? Or I'm sure it's constantly changing. Maybe what's the most taking in this season? So, um, I would say mentally for me, it's definitely the business, not time. Well, yeah, not time-wise. The most in the most time that it takes for me is definitely homeschooling. That's where we spend our waking time until one in the afternoon is between like chores and homeschool, all of like the, the kid stuff. But I'm sure you know as a, a business owner, there's a lot mentally 
that's devoted to that. Um, so we're, we're definitely trying to put systems in place and some boundaries in place to make that less of a thing. But I would think that's probably what takes like most of my brain space up. Yeah. Yeah. That, especially when you're an idea person and you mm-hmm. have all these balls in the works and right. just the idea is just constantly coming and coming and coming. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I can't imagine too. Cause yeah, you're, you're just a lot further ahead than where, you know, I'm at in, in all areas of life and business and motherhood and um, a solid, a solid chunk of years. And I just yeah. feel like <laughs> how has that, I don't know, like, okay, so how do you navigate right now working? Like, like what's your, what's your schedule for that? Is it kind of all encompassing? You do a lot of things. Yeah. So my office hours, I don't know why things are going in quotes right now. <laughs> I guess because when we set these out, I was supposed to stay very much within them, but I do find myself like pulling out my computer after bedtime, like, okay, I got a couple more things that didn't happen in those times. In our ideal situation, my office hours are between one and four, Monday through Thursday. And so that is uh, 12 hours a week, obviously. And that's supposed to be it. And I think as we've set those out, because we just set those out at the end of summer, like, okay, we need to really buckle down now that school time is starting. We need to make this very like within the rails. Like we have to have the certain time. I think whenever we first set them out, that seemed very doable. And now I'm coming to terms with the fact that a few things have to go in order for that to be possible. And my husband very much wants the one to four Monday through Thursday and me not to get my computer out any other times. I very much wanted as well. It's definitely like I could work nonstop. And so it's more of a a difficult thing for me to do, but um, we are basically having to decide, which we've talked about what we're going to do that a few things have to go that I can't actually get done the, my whole, like what I have currently going in those 12 hours. So that's something that we very much want to do is only those 12 hours, not opening up my computer to take an email at um, noon or nine at night or, you know, all of that stuff. So, yeah, no, I can definitely relate to that. Cause I feel like it at the beginning of the school year too, we were like, okay, I'm only going to work during naps, um, which a couple hours a day. And then mm-hmm. like two weeks in, I was like, I'm just getting behind it. I'm never going to catch up. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Like I'm just letting little things go and it doesn't really matter, but it's like, eventually it's this huge mountain and it's like, I need all day to work on this or someone needs to take it or something because yeah. it's, yes. not, it's not working. Or like you said, cutting something out. Yeah. So the first thing I did was I hired a few more people at the beginning of the school year. But okay. even with that, there still has to be a few things that have to go because I'm still too involved in too many things for it to fit in those 12 hours, which it needs to, it needs to fit in those 12 hours. So it's going to have to slash a few more things. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So what are the things that take the most time for you in your business? So you create courses, you blog, you have YouTube, you have a podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what all you've got going on. You yeah, know, you that's, write pretty emails. Much, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. So the thing that takes the most, which is, is really silly whenever I say this out loud, because it doesn't earn the, the highest income is YouTube. And I know that you and Elisha talked about how pretty quick into YouTube, I found that episode very inspiring. Um, you guys were like, okay, this is just too much. <laughs> and he kind of cut the cord on that whole thing. Um, so one of the things that we are, I don't, I don't think I should say this out loud, but we're 
thinking about going down to one video a week, which I have said this many times and then I end up not doing it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. How many, how many are you doing currently? I've done two a week for five years wow. and it's, well, yeah, that's, that's true. That is what it is. So, um, I know, well, the, the reason that I'm hesitant to do that is because I have a few things that kind of spin off of YouTube. So like I spend a lot of time creating YouTube content and then I have a blog writer who helps me from those, like the, the recipes I made and whatever I talked about keyword research things to put on the blog. And then an Instagram girl pulls footage to make into reels. And so I, I guess I'm a little bit afraid that a lot of like what's spinning off of that will suffer mm -hmm. if I cut down to, to one a week. But I think if I'm very strategic about it, I could, but right now I'm so on the, the wheel that it's hard to even step back and be strategic, you know, cause like there's not enough time to be like, okay, well, what type of videos would I have to create in order for everybody to still be able to do all of their work if I only make one a week. So that's the challenge. <laughs> yeah, no, that totally makes <clears throat> sense. I know. I feel like that's something that we've talked about too, with going back actually to the long form content with YouTube, just mm -hmm. for the sake of being able to cut it and splice it and put it a bunch of different places. Yeah. Because it, that great. is a benefit to it because it's annoying to take all that time and put into stories, which is like just disposable content, you know, uh -huh. and then you're writing a separate blog and then all this. And it's like, if I just created a video, it might be easier, you know, it in some ways it is like I used to spend so much time on Instagram and now I don't do anything on Instagram. That's all just like I don't even have the app on my phone. That's all something that somebody else can do because of all the content I create on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I do occasionally take some vertical footage and upload it to drive for her to turn into a reel, but for the most part, it's pulled from YouTube content. And so I sometimes wonder if I would spend even more time. I think a lot of people spend a lot of hours on Instagram. Oh yeah. So yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah, not like exactly sure. Yeah. How to completely cut out YouTube or I won't completely cut out YouTube, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. How do you, but it's still a ton of work and time and the house has to be quiet for long periods of time. Yeah. Depending it, on the kind it, of video. <laughs> yes. Blogging is so much easier. Like today I was photographing and I was listening to a podcast and my earbuds. And I was just like, it's just a lot easier work than, than video. Yeah. I totally agree. It's like, it's, I love video because you just feel like you're with the person, you know, I think it's mm -hmm. awesome to connect, Yeah, um, but it, it is a big deal to create. It uh, is. And I do enjoy it. Like after I've made a video, edited it, it's all put together. Like I love sitting down and watching that video. It's, it is fun, but it is the most time consuming thing. And it's the most life invasive. If you let it, like you can not share certain things, but it's easy to do, to share certain things whenever you're creating video content. Yeah. It kind of just slips in there. Um, yeah. and do you edit all your own videos? So I have, I, for years had a video editor and I'm just now like looking for a new video editor. <laughs> so currently I'm editing my videos, which adds okay. a lot to the, the time. That's like the late night work because I don't have enough time in yeah. my like office hours to do anything more than just a lot of creation and then put it together later. So I've had a difficult time. I've, I've, um, I had a great video editor for many years and then I've tried out, three or four different people in the last like six months. And I haven't had anything that I'm super thrilled with. So I'm in yeah. a transition season with that. 
Yeah, I know that's tricky because you give up so much of the control of the final product with I know pickier over the years, I think. Like <gasps> I just now I just really know what I want, you know? And so uh, yeah, it's really hard for somebody to get into your brain and want to be able to do what you want them to want do. Want to create your th- yeah, your vision. And I think too, sometimes when you get creatives, there are people who kind of gravitate towards that space, they have their own vision for it. And that's yeah. something that we found sometimes is we're like no, like we want no ideas. We only, right, right. Only <laughs> Just what we said. Exactly what we said. Yeah. I know. I had one person, he would like cut a ton of footage because he thought the story made more sense. Um, and I'm like, oh, you know how much it took me to get that footage? Like there were kids who I was like, all right, stay outside for a second. Like that's got to be in there. I don't even care. <laughs> like, that's my blood, sweat and tear footage. You put that in. Yes, exactly. Um, oh, goodness. So with all this going on, do you how do you like juggle friendships? Do you have friendships as a family? Do you have your own personal friends? Are they online? Are they in person? How does that kind of look for you? So we have a very lovely group of women. Um, It it came together whenever I moved to this area. I'm I'm about 45 minutes from where I lived before. And I had one, one, no, actually, I think like several of them, I kind of met through Instagram and then this group like came together and then my sister's in it. And so I do have a close group of friends and we meet on Fridays. So that's why, you know, Monday through Thursday is very much like, business. Like we got to get stuff done. We got to do our school. We got to get everything done. And then Friday, it's a group of homeschool women and all their kids. And we'll usually like all fall, we've been going to an apple orchard, a pumpkin patch. I think I just saw a text because we're texting about tomorrow now, um, going to one of my friend's houses. So we, we meet once a week, but then we also text throughout the week. And we're doing like, we're all deciding now that we're going to start working out and we're like holding each other accountable to that, which I've not been doing great at all, at all. I did one workout so far. Nice, nice. <laughs> I do that too. I'm like, man, I'm working out. I did, wait, that was four days ago. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. This supposed to happen every day. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So I do have a close group of friends. I haven't always had that um, in, in seasons where I haven't had that. I have my sister. She's, she has six kids. She's two years younger than me almost to the day. And so she's like a built-in best friend. And that's, we've had that forever. We've always been best friends. And so I've even in seasons where we didn't have other friends, cause it's like me and Laura and our friends. Um, we've, we still have always done like everything together. So, yeah. That's awesome too. Cause it can, it can serve as you getting together, socializing, and then the kids get to all hang out too. And you just kill a lot of birds with that stone. So yeah, it's, it's really nice because that's where my kids, all their friends are in that group and everybody, there's a lot of kids and it's, it's just really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So has any stage of parenthood caught you off guard? We're just kind of like, Oh, that that's a harder stage than, than I thought it would be. Hmm. Um, I, I know the answer is yes. I'm just trying to think of which one I should talk about. I mean, Having my first kid very much caught me off guard. Um, I definitely had no idea. And then um, over the years, I think, I think, I don't even know. Having older kids in some ways, like we were talking about earlier, it feeling like not as controlled almost. Like you had all of this control over these people 
And then at some point they're very much their own human. And and my, so far, like we haven't had any like teenagery stuff happen or anything like that, but I can just see how everybody becomes their own person who whatever they choose is, you know, there, it's not something that you can control anymore. And I think that's why all the older moms, I'm not there yet, but the older moms always say, oh, well, those are the easy years. And you're like, are you kidding me? I and I can already kind of see how that's actually true. Even though we haven't had anything happen, I can just see how, um, you know, they just become their own people and they have their own opinions and they can, you know, it's just, it's very different. Yeah. There's a lot more emotions, a lot more opinions, a lot more, like I have always thought (laughs) these years that I'm in right now are the easiest years. So I was like, if I cannot do a lot during these years and like have them be good, then like, how am I going to like change and grow to into the person I'm going to need to grow into by the time these people have grown into like, adults you know like they're on this process to adulthood and you think how hard it is for a bunch of adults to get along with all their differences you know Uh uh-huh it's a lot so yeah you're on the cusp of that you came from a homeschool home like a homeschool family you probably like your mom probably told you a lot about the stages and so you were able to know that okay these actually are the easy stages maybe yeah, no, I think it has been being able to observe my family for sure. Just yeah. my just my parents now they have six teenagers living at home and I'm just like watching their family. I'm like, we've got it easy over here. <laughs> like my yeah. parents who are like way ahead, I yeah. think are doing a way more complicated work when it comes to family than Elisha and I and our four, you know, kids five and under. So I yeah. think that's been a new realization for me. And just like kids driving. Like my, my daughter's turning 14 next month or yeah. And, um, she's already talking about how next year she's going to get her permit. And I'm like, remember when, you know, every night you put all the kids in bed, you go, look, you check that they're all breathing and they're all, you know, you just lock the door and you go to bed. What about whenever they want to have the freedom and the independence? And that's probably all a good thing. And now you have to stay up till 11 o'clock at night or, you know, my, I'm not going to let them be out at 11 o'clock at night, but I'm just thinking back to when I was a teenager, Yeah, my mom, she was, she didn't go to bed. My dad went to bed, but she didn't go to bed. She waited until we all got home and I'm sure she was probably worried a lot of the time. And so all of that stuff, or like, maybe they, you know, start to, when they're 18 or something, they meet somebody and you're not sure, like all of that stuff, like, how are we going to navigate that? <laughs> Yeah, one day at a time. Five and under. Like I know. That's yeah, totally. You aren't dealing with outside relationships on your kid. You're just like, oh, I don't want them to hang out with that kid. They're never gonna hang out with that kid again. It's not like like, oh, they have a crush on this guy and I do not like him, you know? That's like that's a lot harder. Yes, yes. And they are like going to develop their own opinions. Cause I remember I remember being a teenager quite well. And I'm sure there was lots of things I did that my parents were like, eh, but you know, they're like, well, she's her own person, you know? So yeah. And you respect that so much as a kid when your parents like let you do stuff instead of like controlling you, like you feel when they control you from fear, I feel like, mm-hmm. but then as a parent, you see why you're like, how do I not do that? You know, I you know have to let there's a go. balance there. Cause I do, I feel like my parents were good about letting us try like whatever. But then I also, I'm like, maybe, maybe like a little bit more of 
you know, parental direction would have been good too, <laughs> but it's yeah. really, it's hard to know that balance. And I'm, I'm not even sure, like, that's going to be so difficult. To I'm just glad you're ahead of me. We'll do another podcast in six yeah. years. <laughs> I, I feel like there's other women to, to listen to like Sally Clarkson. I had her on my podcast. She's oh, a good one. That was to listen an amazing to. <laughs> episode. Yes. Going, I loved it. Pulling yeah. from those older women. I know I was yeah. jealous. Um, yeah, that was an awesome conversation. So what's been the easiest stage of motherhood for you so far? Was it, you know, gone, you know, years gone by when they were a little and well, so I think the newborn stage is the easiest. And I know that that is so not normal, but my sister and I both agree that the newborn stage is the easiest. I just, I think it is. They're just so snuggly. They don't, I don't know. They just keep, you keep them on you all day. And, and I'm, I do stuff a little bit different. I know than, than you do, yeah, which is totally yeah. fine. Um, I've looked into some of your stuff, like, well, maybe that, maybe that makes sense. Like maybe if you do certain things when they're younger and you don't just completely embrace, like having them on you all the time, maybe you don't have this hard transition at like 10, 11 months that we always have. So I can see the value in that. Yeah. There's, there's, there's pain both ways, you know, like there's, there is, there is. And takes. But, yeah. But if you do it my way, the newborn stage is really, really easy. <laughs> now maybe the later parts aren't. Um, but yeah, I just, I love, I love the newborn stage. It's so it sweet. It is really sweet. And I do think too, I think that every mother that's had quite a few kids, I feel like is like the newborn stage is pretty easy because you've had experience with other stages at that point and yeah. you realize how easy it is back when they're just like nursing and sleeping a ton. I remember uh, when I had my first, uh, an older lady at her church was like, oh, well, newborns sleep all the time. And I was like, this child does not sleep all the time because <laughs> I was used to having total independence and now it just seemed right. like they were encroaching on my life all the time. Yeah, but right. now I see what she's saying. Cause like my last, um, or Lawrence, like my current last baby, he, I just felt like, he slept all the time and had all this time to do with the other three kids as a uh -huh. newborn. Yeah. I, I felt the same. Like my first newborn was not easy at all, yeah. but also with, with her, I was trying to follow all of the rules that you're supposed to do. Like, which I know there's different opinions on this and that's totally fine. But for me, it was very difficult. Like I tried to like, not let her fall asleep when she was nursing. And I tried to like, keep her awake at certain times. So she'd sleep at certain times. And it yeah. was, it was a lot of work, but then with all the rest of them, I just, I like embraced everything and they did, they slept like 22 hours a day. Like they, yeah. I thought, okay, if I wake them up, maybe they'll sleep better at night. But really, I think it just kept them more like in a state of like being awake. Whereas the ones that I just kind of kept asleep all the time, they slept nonstop. So yeah. then they wake I, up like around three months. Yeah. Yeah, no, but yeah, exactly. Um, but one of my good friends, she did the same thing. She's like, I felt like it was like this mathematical equation or something to figure out. And then with her third, she just like embraced like sleep on me and baby wearing and all that. And it was just like easy peasy. So right, yeah. I do think that like, I think that's one thing that the whole mother culture has kind of wrong with it is we all have all these opinions, right? And then the new moms are like, oh, well, I need to do it this way because it works for her. I need to do it this way because it works for her. And everyone's saying it's like, this is the holy grail. Instead of just being like, you got it. Like just, it is somewhat, in, it's quite intuitive. And like your yeah. style of motherhood comes out with how you parent your newborn. Mm -hmm. And and you just, I don't know. If you're going yeah. against that grain, it's going to rub you wrong. And it's going to be hard for your child. So yeah, and I, people get the whole motherhood, like shaming thing gets very, 
heated somebody, I forget who it was that said it, but somebody said that the reason that that happens is because whenever you do something and you sacrifice a lot to do something, if you see other people not doing it, you feel invalidated that that wasn't actually the most important thing ever. Like, for example, if you like hated nursing, but you nurse, you know, from 12 months to two or like, which I'm totally into all of that stuff. Like I nurse, <laughs> but let's say that you hated it and you forced yourself. And then as soon as somebody says, I weaned my child at one, you're like angry. Like, well, that's bad. You shouldn't do that. And the reason you're mad is because you're like, well, I, I sacrificed everything to do that. And now you're saying it was just like another viable choice to wean them at one. That was the first example I thought of. There's a lot more examples. No, that's good. Nurse well past one. But yeah, like whenever you wrap up all of your, like, I'm a good mom because I did this. Now somebody else is saying that you can do something, not that, and you're still a good mom. Like, yeah. You know, and I bled out my ears to give them like that extra nutrition or whatever it was. Yeah. And then, and then the mom who can't nurse that far is going like, Oh, I just failed my child or whatever. So yeah, I think it's all like, that's really interesting. I think mm-hmm. that's true. When you sacrifice a lot, you want to know that your sacrifice was worth something. Right. And it feels like someone is discrediting it to say, you don't need to do that. Or I mm-hmm. didn't do that. Um, even yeah. if that's not the intent at all. And I'm sure that happens with you with the sleep training thing. Like people are probably oh, yeah. like, wait a minute, you can't just do that. You're telling me you can get sleep when you have a baby. Like, that's not right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, you're just, you must be mistreating the baby. And it's going to be like, well, you know, for some moms, this is going to be an easier route. And for some moms just being like, forget all the time zones, you know, and just right. live my life is going to be easier for them. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah no, that's good. Um, okay. So I, I'm going to let you go here in a few minutes. Um, but one last question, what's something you've had to work to overcome as a mom? I think sometimes a lot of people looking up to you or looking up to anyone is seeing like, Oh, like I could never be like Lisa. Right. Um, she has all these kids and she has all this stuff she's doing. And so what's something that's kind of been more challenging for you in motherhood? Um, there's been a lot of things that have been more challenging for me in motherhood. Um, trying to think of like the best one to share. I, I find um, just keeping, well, one thing would be just keeping everyone organized, like Whenever we go somewhere, my sister, she always has like this little cooler with all of her water bottles in it. And it just recently occurred to me that, okay, my kids need water bottles. <laughs> we need to be able to find them so that when we go places, we have water. Um, but then also just, you know, like I get frustrated with my kids. Like they, I don't, people are always like, you're so calm. I'm like, you see my videos whenever kids are napping or they're outside and just like everybody, you know, like, well, not everybody, I'm sure some people are way, way more patient than me, but the kids, you know, they don't always do exactly what you want them to. And that's frustrating or, you know, I get frustrated. Just every stage of motherhood has been challenging, (laughs) I think for me in some ways. That's true. I I mean, I would, I would assume that's the case. I feel like it's that way for everyone. I feel like you, some stages are harder than others, but there's always something that you're having to work through or learn, like, because we've never been there before. Yeah. And then with the business too, the, one of the, the biggest things I struggle with is like putting it away and just being completely present with the kids. I know you and Elisha got light phones. I did that actually for five months and I ended up 
finding several things like my group text with my friends, like very, very challenging. And so yeah. I ended up taking several apps off my phone and like, I took the email app off my phone, Instagram, Facebook. And so now I've put some things in place to where my phone's just not all that appealing. Like it does the things it needs to do, like receive texts and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's, it, I have to put those things in place. Whereas like my sister, she's like, well, I just, you know, if I don't want to get on Instagram, I still get on Instagram. I'm like, well, that's cool for you. For me, that's like near impossible. Like if I don't, if it's on my phone, I'm going to get on it. Yeah. It's like this twitch. Like my thumb still like will have this twitch, but I get on like someone else's (laughs) phone. I'm like, why, why leave it on your Instagram app? But no, that's really it. I feel like it's like those three apps, not like, I feel it's those three apps. It's those three for me. What make the iPhone deadly. If you take those off and you keep them off somehow, then that's great. You have all. Yeah. Like I have the Pinterest app and it's fine, but it doesn't like, I'm not like, Oh, gotta get on Pinterest. Like I gotta, like, maybe if I'm a little bit bored, I might pull up Pinterest, you know? And so I do still have that crutch of like, if I'm bored, I can, I can find something to satisfy me, but it's not near the draw that those three email, like, why do I have to check my email 500 times a day? That makes no sense. There's never something that urgent that I need to check. And then Instagram, I, I know all this random stuff about all kinds of people and what's going on in their lives and that I don't need to know, you know? Yeah, no, actually you really inspired me, your video, when you decided to get the light phone and just try that out. I was like, okay, if Lisa could do this and still not have her business plummet, I'm going to try it. And so that's cool because I feel like it, um, it made me think differently of like, okay, I can do this without the apps and without being able to manually do everything myself. Because ultimately, like you said, you have someone running your Instagram now. So you are actually going on there because that's the hard part. You go on there to work and then you end up just like doing random stuff, you know? Yeah. Like just yesterday, I put the app on my phone because I told someone like months ago that I would post a picture of my son for his first birthday on this thing that she crocheted. And so I got it on my phone and like, I posted the pictures because this, she's creating reels and all of this, but like, this is like kind of a real time thing that I wanted to post. Totally. It would have taken more time for me to like upload, text her and all that kind of stuff. So I like got sucked in like all day. I was like reading the comments, like, Ooh, so-and-so liked this. Like, so-and-so like, it's just, uh, it's so, you know, like now I need to check all the feedback of what people think of the photos of my son. Like, it's just so, Ugh, yeah, the humanity and all of us. It's like, we're just all the same. And they know that, it, you know, the algorithm knows that and yes. everything. So we're just responding how we're supposed to respond. But yeah, it's kind of frustrating when you realize like, why am I out of like control of this almost because it just happens. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't plan on checking up on all that or doing all that today. Right. You know? Yeah. And when I got the light phone, so many people commented like, well, that just seems silly. Why don't you just knock on the apps? I'm like, cool for you. But like, that does not work for me. I don't know if it's something with my personality, but I have come to realize that is just not how it works for me. Like I, I have to put a few things in place or I just like do. I just well, I feel in. like even that is something that people will like, maybe it's kind of like that thing with motherhood where they feel like, potentially judged by you saying that this isn't like a worthwhile thing to spend time on. And so it's like, well, I just don't get on the app when I don't want to get on the app, you know, but it's like, actually, like when you look at stats, everyone's getting on the app for hours a day. You know what I mean? Like it's the unicorn. That's not, it's not your average person. Um, Yeah. 
And I think some people, like, I, I really believe my sister, like she just oh, a little yeah. different. My she sister really is too. She's never on her. Yeah. She, she just doesn't, doesn't like, she's just not interested. Like we're very interested in different things. Like we're great friends, but we're interested in different stuff. And she's not like the type of person who gets inspired to like do something to her home. She just doesn't have that personality. She's very much like, get this done. And then now I'm going to go like do this other thing. Like, I'm not like, well, what if so-and-so, like I check on this thing and see like what wallpaper and this and that somebody used and she doesn't have that. And so it really isn't hard for her. But I think, like you said, for the large majority of people, if you tell me you're on your phone, I just know you're lying because <laughs> it's the stats are out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, it's so fun hearing you talk about your sister because you have that like older, younger sister relationship. And I feel like it's so similar to mine and my sister who's 15 months younger than me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does she have kids too? Just kind of, she has, she has two. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. She got married a couple years later, but it's yeah. just so fun to see that friendship uh, as we're going through motherhood together and also just kind of like some of the differences in personality and stuff like that. It's really fun as your kids grow to observe just how different they are. And, and maybe you won't have that quite dramatic, but like, I guess we must have married really different people because our kids are so different and it is so fun for us to observe. Like we just, we could talk about it all day, every day, just how like they just do everything differently. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, I, that would be really fun. I haven't even thought of that. I think because they're all so little, yeah, you don't really see, but you will see the differences in and who you marry and then how you kind of like bend towards your partner. Like you both kind of bend towards each other. And so oh, you end yes. up with a totally different vibe than like uh-huh. the original rootstock, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it is as they grow. Like this has been something that's been really entertaining for us for like the last, I'd say three or four years more than ever is like just observing like, oh, just so many things they do so different. And I think, yeah, we, we do bend towards our spouses and have like a, a family culture centered around that, that makes things just different. That is so fun. That's fun to look forward to. I have not even thought about that. So (laughs) tell me real quick, where can people find you? You have different courses. So I want you to share those too, because I think a lot of people listening to the podcast have interest in a secondary income, but they want someone to hold their hand and walk them through it. And it's not something that you can just do a podcast about, or, you know, one podcast or a couple Instagram posts. It's like, to start a business, I feel like you really do, you could do it on your own, but it's going to take a long time. And you're going to need a lot of advice that you pull together from a lot of different places. And so I think I get intimidated sometimes when people ask, oh, how do you start or what do you do? It's like, well, there's a lot of stuff. Like, there's go, a lot to like that. find someone yeah. to hold your hand. <laughs> yeah. So what do you have and where can people find you for just free content too? Okay. So my courses, I have a blogging course, which is my first and original course. It has the most traction. Like we have a a members only group that's very active and it just stays very updated. And you can find, I have a masterclass, like a free one hour masterclass for that over at bit.ly forward slash farmhouse blogging school. I'll link it down below. Oh yeah. Okay. And I also do have a YouTube course and a free YouTube masterclass as well. And a group for that. And then as far as free content, you can find me at simple farmhouse life podcast, farmhouse on Boone over on YouTube and then farmhouse on Boone.com. And then obviously like all the other places, farmhouse on Boone. Awesome. Yeah. I know a lot of people are going to want to go follow you. I get a lot of questions on like my sourdough and stuff like that. And I'm like, 
Lisa, Lisa did it. I just do what she says <laughs> for the pancakes and the cinnamon rolls and the English muffins. Like, it's so yeah. nice that you've taken the time to put all that information together and make it co. Uh, yeah, the best place to find that is farmhouseonboon.com. There's a section for sourdough recipes. And I think I have like a hundred recipes at this point. So that's so a nice many. place because it's all collected. Whereas like on Instagram, you have to scroll through to get to all the different reels or whatever. So I think that's the best place to find it. To find that. And then all your courses, are those on Farmhouse on Boone? Yeah. So if you go to farmhouseonboon.com, you'll, there'll be a little thing at the top that says free blogging success masterclass. And that's where you get introduced to the blogging course. Okay. And then the YouTube one, I believe I just have linked in all of my YouTube descriptions, like my most recent videos, it's like down in the description box. Okay. So I will link all those things down in our description box on this podcast so that people can just click around and know where to go. But thank you so much, Lisa, for getting on today. I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm thankful for podcasts that you know, give us an excuse to be like, Hey, we could be productive and have a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I love that too. I know I've, I've thought about like going down to maybe like two episodes a month and I'm like, but I just get to sit and chat with people. Like let's, this is great. So yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Very cool. And I learned some new things about you. So anyways, thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) All right.